We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could give this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This is actually a special episode. It is our one-year anniversary. Yes, we started last year at this time, getting hyped for WrestleMania. We'll be doing the same thing again, talking a ton of wrestling later in the show. We have to talk about UFC 200 and what's going on with John Jones. Also throw a little bit of boxing in there. First, though, I'm Kel Dansby, one half of The Corner. Yep, and it's Andreas Hill. And we're doing this. Uh, I know people are going to be like, why are y'all doing this on Skype again? Man, we're leaving for WrestleMania in a couple of days. So we got shit to do. Yo, it's <laughs> so busy. <laughs> we gotta do, so we got to do this via Skype. Uh, we'll be back at the Las Vegas Fight Shop probably next week. But yeah, just deal with it, folks. And talking about that, we got tons to talk about today. Only a little bit of time, so we got to fit it all in. We got to start with hip-hop, though. And I guess if you want to classify her as hip-hop, Iggy Azalea. Her main man, Swaggy P, caught up, and it's it's rough, y'all. I, I don't know. Everyone's talking bro code. This is just dirty. It's the lowest form of dirty. Like, if you guys have been living under a rock, Lakers rookie D'Angelo Russell recorded Swaggy P talking about hooking up with a 19-year-old girl. Swaggy P didn't know. Somehow the tape leaked. They said Snapchat, but it's a 45-second video. Uh, Snapchat doesn't allow you to do those. So somehow the tape leak, D'Angelo Russell's catching heat, Iggy Azalea's not having it, Swaggy P ain't saying a damn thing, because what can he say? And it's the, it's the ultimate form of betrayal. Man, this is this is the breaking of guy code times 10. Um, man, come on, man. Like, D'Angelo <laughs> Russell, first of all, 
why are you taping this dude talking about his uh, extracurricular activities? I, I don't even understand the purpose of that. Yo, that's not even funny. Like, I got a couple of group chats that I'm in. Like, if someone screen capped the group chats, everyone would be upset because nothing like crazy is said. But even if like just man jokes and all this stuff, like what happens in the group chat stays in the group chat and what happens on the road or in the locker room stays in the locker room. It's just unspoken. I, mean, I don't care this, how old you are. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand. Like D'Angelo Russell, little man, you just got in the league and the, the Lakers are in shambles. Why are you in Nick Young's hotel room recording this man talking about, you know, I mean, it's not even like he's cheating on some regular chick. He's cheating on Iggy Azalea, who everybody hates anyway. So, <laughs> so if anybody catches wind of this, yeah, it's going to light the internet on fire. And, man, I don't know, man. You can't break guy code like that. You just can't. I mean, this teammate code, of course, we got to go back to when Shaq and Kobe had their issues. But this Kobe is, was the same thing. He's learning from Kobe's hip. He's Kobe's right-hand man. Kobe did the same exact thing. This is this is just grimy, man. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Like, I don't care why, how it leaked. I don't care about any of that. Why are you recording this? Like, it's like an eight-year-old who like records everything, and you be like, "Yo, dog, put the camera down." Like, we're eating dinner. Why are you recording this? That's how I feel with D'Angelo Russell. Like, yo, kid, why are you recording this conversation right now? Yo, it's you, no benefit to him. Nah, what are you gonna do? Watch it later? Is that is that entertaining to you? I'm sorry, man, D'Angelo. Um, you might be on the trading block because of this. Something's going. Something's got to give because I, I, you got to be shunned because you're not that. You're not that great to begin with. You're not living up to the expectation. You could potentially. He's 19. I mean, he could potentially be. You can't get rid of a, a number two overall pick. Hey, what I'm saying is this: if he broke guy code and the team morale is down, I mean, the team's in shambles as it is, and you are able to get something out of the deal, then maybe. Pr- Perhaps you could consider doing it. Of course, there's a lot of talent there. D'Angelo Russell has a lot to be molded. A lot of people thought he would be having a better season this year. Um, but, man, you just can't do stuff like that. And I don't even know who wants you because this is not even about skills anymore. This is about trust. You broke a man's trust. Who oh, don't especially he- at point guard? You can't do this at point guard. You're supposed to be yeah, the leader of men at point guard. You got to chill, man. I'm sorry. You just... It's wrong. I mean, for the betterment of hip-hop, I don't care. Iggy Azalea, you got cheated on. It is what it is. You know, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. Yo, you just got to hold that. I feel bad saying. for Swaggy P. He's about to lose his girl. He's about to get traded because one of them got to go. And, well, yeah, and Swaggy's absolutely. the one that's going. So he's going to be on the – or he's getting cut. But either way, he's going to be on a new team, new city, out of L.A. He's going to lose his girl. All because he was just chilling. He I mean, didn't even do nothing. Well, he did do something. <laughs> Obviously, he did uh, something. Yeah. I mean, he's an NBA player. If, if she thinks he ain't getting something on the road, then she's, she's naive. Look, in, in real life, let's talk, let's talk in real life terms. And everybody thinks something's going on. Like, you might think something with your girl, something's going on with your girl. It doesn't matter until it's confirmed. And when it's confirmed, everything changes. So even if you are in the NBA, like, I'm sure, you know, the Steph Curry situation, for instance. Like, we can assume he's cheating, but until we know it for sure, we just assume he's not. Or we assume he is, but we don't know. Once you know, everything's broken. And in this case, you know, Nick Young cheating with a young girl, it just looks bad all the way around because what, what benefit are you getting out of that if you're Nick Young? Azalea's making some bread. Even though she's whack. She's I was making- about to say, she's whack. She doesn't look the greatest. This young girl could have been one of like these young IG models. I don't know. Ask Floyd, B. Floyd got like five of them. But yeah, but Floyd, Floyd just went overseas and copped like two of them. He got another one in Miami. I've had to do these stories for the past three weeks. I, Floyd I'm sorry. is on the, the under 21 
movement right now. But I'm just saying, and Swaggy's I'm, trying to get on it. But for what? I'm just saying, for it's it's high risk. I, I get it as players, and you got to go out and conquer and destroy as much as you can. <laughs> However, when you have a celebrity girlfriend or fiance or whatever whatever the hell they were together, and if you care about that relationship. You know, I, I'm just I'm just of the, the sort that I just want to air out my dirty laundry to a teammate that I don't even know, like a kid. I'm just gonna leave that alone, even though pet cats know. But it's like I don't know, man. Like, dog, put the why you have this camera? Like, what are you doing? Like, Iggy's why gonna take him back though. You know, Iggy's gonna take him back. I, this is know, the classic, like, oh, babe, I'm sorry. All guys can have like one mulligan. Guys do dumb shit. So Iggy's gonna take him back. They're gonna smooth it over. Listen, if Lamar got back with Chloe, anything's possible. It's just crazy. It's just he crazy. Got caught in a brothel, ODing, and got his wife back. Well, yeah, anything's but it's possible. They were split up at the time. I'm just saying, this is like Iggy Azalea is going through some tough, tough things. Nick Young's going through some tough things. I don't even know who's higher on the status ladder, to be honest with you. Swaggy Pete fell off. The, yeah, both of them get their, their uh, fair share of slander. Rightfully so. The you know the the meme of, of Nick Young chucking up that three and turning it around like that joint was going in will forever live in infamy. That that'll forever be great. Yeah, and and same with Iggy. Just her life. Her life is going to forever be in infamy. So it's like these two maybe they're meant for each other. But D'Angelo Russell, man, like not even just swag. It's like your team can't trust you, and you're the one who handles the rock. Yo, there's that video going around of them like freezing him out a couple months ago. He better get used to that. Yeah, it's going to be rough, man. It's going to be rough. Because, yeah, he ain't, he ain't touching the ball. And I just want to know what Kobe says to him. You know Kobe's just like, ah, oh, my man. Because Kobe's been on both sides of it. One, of Kobe ratted after he got dimed on. Like, yeah. So that, that's a whole different thing. At least Kobe had a reason. Kobe's like, yo, I ain't going down alone. So now Kobe's just like, damn, I know what it's like to cheat on my woman. Like, damn, I feel for swaggy. But then I know what it's like to rat on somebody. So, Kobe, I just want to know what wisdom Kobe can impart on the young rookie. This is when you need Kobe. This is why you kept Kobe around this year. Not for on the court, not to teach D'Angelo Russell how to shoot or how to pass or how to play ball. It's to teach him what to do after you rat on a teammate. This is where Kobe earns that 24 mil. Yo, this is where Kobe earned the name Black Mamba because he's been a snake before. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, he's been a snake. So he knows what it's like to be a snake and slither his way out of situations. So, yeah, give give the young cat some help. I mean, you're an old veteran. Clearly, you probably probably would never do the same things you did as a kid. So you got to tell D'Angelo to square it up, figure it out. You know, if you and Nick Young got to go out by the garbage cans and fight, Nobody's going to care because the Lakers suck anyway. Yeah, fade and, on sight, though. Yeah, just just go ahead and take the L and keep it moving. and Figure it out. That's, That's not I- even the worst example in hip-hop this week, though. We led the show with that because it's like getting national news and everyone's talking about it. It's not the worst example in hip-hop. The worst example is Party Next Door. Oh, my God. And his dirty macking. That's the worst thing that happened this week. Like, yo, come on, man. Like, now people are saying... The videos, uh, the picture is old. If you guys don't know, Party Next Door, signed to Drake and OVO, posted a picture of him and Kehlani. Is mm-hmm. her, yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Kehlani, yeah. she's like a singer. Um, he posted that, like they got back together and she was in his bed. Problem is, she's dating Kyrie Irving from the Cavaliers. And Kyrie poured his heart out on Instagram to her like three weeks ago. Like, baby, you my other half. We're 50-50. They were all hugged up and booed up and everything. And she's clearly in the bed with PND. I don't know when it happened, 
but she has hand tattoos and you can't fake those. Right. So she's like cuddled up in the bed and he posted, uh, she tries to kill herself, I guess. Um, so allegedly, if you ask Chris Brown, he doesn't <laughs> believe it. We'll get, we'll talk more about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll leave Chris Brown. That, that dude is crazy. Yo, he, yeah. I don't even know how he chimed in. I guess he's friends with Kyrie. They, it took so many twists and turns. But I want to concentrate on Party Next Door and just go into any means necessary to get your girl back. Please, please help me understand this. Uh, like, I mean, I get it. Social media, like, everything doesn't have to be Instagram, Snapchat, TwitPic. Like, come on, man. It has some discretion. Yo, that's your girl. If, if you in bed, like, obviously you know Kehlani's with Kyrie Irving, right? What are you trying to prove? You're party next door. You're not Drake. You're party next door. Kyrie Irving can buy three tomorrow. Why? What's your point? Like, what are you trying to prove here? Because clearly you didn't win because Kehlani tried to kill herself, which basically means on some Romeo and Juliet, like, nobody gets the girl. You're done. So, why, I mean, why go to these links to take a picture and then post it? Like, I don't know why cats can't keep their videos and pictures to themselves anymore. Yeah, I understand his tactic. He tried to, he went for, like, the smoke effect. Like, you just got to smoke him out of the house or something. He was like, yo, you know what? She's not answering my calls, probably. She don't want to email. I tried to hit her up on Twitter DMs. It ain't going down in there. You know what? I got to post this picture and just make it, you know, front page news. She got to talk to me after that. And it went the wrong way. She ended up uh, not having it, posting a picture. She, first of all, she deleted her Instagram. Then, which, is, which is a corny, it's the craziest tactic ever because everybody deletes and comes right back. Yeah, anyway. and then she reactivates her Instagram and posts a picture of her in the hospital with IVs uh, with a long message that is poorly coded. It is pretty much just saying, I tried to kill myself and was unsuccessful. And, you know, it's, it's for a reason. I'm coming back and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, why are you posting that on Instagram? Exactly. Like, I, I don't, maybe she wanted, she needed the attention at that point. Or she, you know, maybe that's what she was looking for. Maybe that's why she tried to take her life. She noticed how many people cared. I don't know. But going to social media for sympathy isn't the best thing to do. It's the and worst. Especially after deleting that form of social media and then coming back just to post it. It's like, uh, it seems a little weird. I mean, on top of all this, you know, Twitter and, I mean, social media, Facebook, these places in general are not the best places to get great feedback. Everybody's pretty shitty individuals online. So, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, ask Chris Brown. This is where we'll chime in on Chris Brown. Chris Brown just ran her through the rails on this one. Oh, he, he did not care. One... A guy with a poor history with women in general. Like, you know, he stalked one ex, jumped in the car with her, and refused to let her go home by herself. I, I believe that's kidnapping in most states. Yeah. Um, the, a history of beating up another one. And then now, it's not really the guy who should be chiming in on someone else's love life. No. Or what they would do with their ex. And calling women out in general. He needs to just stay away from the topic. But he did it, and he pretty much said she faked it. Yeah, I mean, you know, Chris Brown, like, this is my next, my next thing, because, you know, I talk about people not posting pictures on social media and keeping some discretion. Some people just don't need social media. Chris Brown is one of them, because, <laughs> like, somebody's got to step in, like, yo, Chris, shut the fuck up. Like, because you're doing yourself no favors when you do these things. But, well, you know, in some senses, you are. It's like reality television. It's like watching a car accident happen. And Chris Brown saying what he said is like a car accident. Kehlani posting this image... For whatever reason, you know, you know, people go through depression, people go through things, 
You don't need to tell everybody what you're going through because you want to know what? Most people don't give a shit. Most people don't care what you're going through. Yeah, they ain't going to say nice shit. No, that's definitely say, not oh, what they're going to say. Some people will say, get well, Kehlani, we love you, right? That's the standard. And they'll move on about their day doing whatever it is they do. Other people are just going to control you because now that they, they know that they can. And once they know that they can get to you, they're going to tell you to kill yourself, right? So it's like, come on, Kehlani. Like, all, everybody in this situation is messed up. I'm kind of sick of it. Like, I think PND is going to get her back too. Dirty Mackin succeeds. I, you know, I don't care, man. Like, if, can Party Next Door make a good album? How about that? That's yeah, what I, I haven't liked a, a project from him yet. That's yeah, my I, unpopular opinion, by the way. Well, I'm, I'm not of a the day. Fan. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of Party Next Door, so it's not that unpopular. Uh, you know, he's had a couple of joints, but for the most part, I'm not a huge fan. I, I like actually like Kehlani's music, and I thought her mix. She's dope. Yeah, so it's like when you do this, I'm like, you know, I'm waiting for the next project because I guess you're going to pour your soul out on this. Um, but it is what it is. You know, I'd rather, you know, hip hop is in just urban culture in general. It's a lot of stupid shit going on. And it, it's frustrating because, you know, like today, I, I, I'd rather talk more about what Joey Badass did to Troy Ave, like, like destroyed him on Swing in the Morning with the Five Fingers of Death freestyle. But these things don't get as much attention as the dumb shit that we constantly see, like watching Love and Hip Hop's reunion specials, like social media and people airing out their dirty laundry. Y'all got to chill. I don't want to talk about it too much because we got so much more to talk but about. But that's, that's hip hop, yo. Hip hop is a magnifying glass for youth. And it's always been. So, I mean, people can spit until they're 40 and 50, but the, the magnifying glass in hip hop is always about the youth. What's next? And the youth now is social media and dumbness. So all that we're going to see is social media and stupid shit. Because I rather, much rather would have opened this show talking about Royce's new project. Yeah, exactly. Which was incredible. Friend of the podcast, could have been hyping that up. And now I'm super excited about the album. He's doing stuff the right way, getting back to rhyming, bars, everything. But Sober. No. Sober. My man Nickel is sober. And, and, and putting in work. If y'all know Royce... I mean, the man has been through his issues and, and he's laying it all out. I mean, on top of that, you know, you talk about Royce, Elzai, the same thing. Like, Elzai went through a couple of years of depression, just dropped this amazing project. And it's like these things get, like, great music gets swept under the rug for dumb shit. Yep, and Detroit it, making just, a comeback. Yeah, Detroit is. I mean, the, the Elzai, Lead Poison, Elzai's album is great. And, and Royce's EP is also incredible. Big Sean but, working on new music. It's a good time yeah. for Detroit. But Detroit, we're talking yeah. about stupidness. Yes. Yeah, so speaking of stupidness, let's 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 talk about combat sports. Oh, UFC 200 has to lead it off. No, That's my example of stupidness. No, no, no. We, 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 we can't. Got to start with John oh, Jones. We got to start have with John. To. We have to. Oh, John's man, pitting, epitome of dumbness. So your man John Jones. A video was released of John Jones and a cop arguing over what what he was alleged to be drag racing, and proceeds. Wait, hold on, real quick. Black people still argue with police in 2016. Herein lies my first problem. Okay, I'm just asking because this thing could have went way left from the beginning. Fortunately, he didn't get like a George Zimmerman or uh, Joanna's Meserly. Like he didn't get one of those cops. He got a cop that was actually like, okay, say your piece because he calls him a pig, a liar. He goes on and on. Now, John, you put yourself in this position because you're in trouble with the wall, and you're frankly you're scared about what's about to happen. Whether you were drag racing or not, it doesn't even matter anymore because the implications are. You're on probation, and when you get pulled over, shit's about to go down, and you got a title fight in less than a month. So, he, so a warrant goes out for his arrest for violating probation. John Jones turns himself in, and now he's got a hearing. He's still incarcerated right now. So, in jail, not even training. 
No, he's Chilling. in jail, and they've moved him away from general population because they're worried about his safety, which is crazy because I'd be worried about everybody else's safety. For Correct. But at <laughs> any rate, this is, you know, I get it. Like, black people in police, we've always had a problem with police. But John Jones, my guy, what are you doing? You've put yourself in this situation where you have to worry. Yes, you may have been wrongfully accused, but firing off at the mouth, calling a cop a pig, like, it's never a situation where I ever feel like a cop should shoot you. But come on, man. Please don't instigate for, Word, for no if, reason. If you feel you were racially profiled and pulled over for that, that would hint that the cop is racist in nature. So you're going to give him a reason to be more racist yeah. and to actually have a reason to do something to you? It's just, I wrote about this earlier in the week. John Jones lives in a different world. I was like, the UFC took him back after the suspension because he went to rehab and said he wasn't on drugs anymore. There's no rehab for entitlement. No. He feels that he's above everything. So the drugs were just a part of that. He felt that he can beat everyone and do cocaine. Enough was hinted at when he told that to Daniel Cormier. Exactly. He feels he can do whatever he wants and perform at a high level and live his life however he wants. And the cop was just another example of that. He's like, I didn't do anything. You pulled me over for no reason. And then yells at a cop. Who yells at an officer? Let alone a black man in a state like New Mexico, which, to my knowledge, doesn't have a ton of black people. Well, I mean, you know, if you look at this even deeper, if you go, let's go back to 1998, Belly, DMX. <laughs> this is John Jones. <laughs> this, man, this man has lost his goddamn mind. I, again, it, it's really rough when you have kids dying in the street for nothing and you are yelling at a cop. Calling him like, I, look, man, I've had my runners with cops, and I and I pop, I've popped off before, not in that nature, but I have popped off before. Like, why are you pulling me over, officer? But I do try to be as civil as possible because at the end of the day, they're the law, and if you're, especially if you're in the wrong, chill out. End because, of the day, he got a gun. I don't. Yeah, like your career is on the line. Not only your life, your your career. Because if he doesn't arrest, like if he doesn't shoot you, he can't arrest you for popping off. And with everything that you have put into this sport, you're not above the law. Cops, I mean, the judge would love to throw the book at you given the opportunity. So come on, John. I'm, I'm, I'm getting sick of, you, sick of your shit. As much as I was a fan of John Jones' talent, his talent doesn't super... I mean, much like Chris Brown, who I don't think Chris Brown is that talented. But your talent doesn't supersede all the ignorant shit that you do. It's going to catch up with Sooner you. Sooner or later. Day. Sooner or later, the talent has to take a dip. No one's on top forever. No. And when that happens, life comes at you fast. Right. And, and we don't stop. know when it's going to happen to John, but he ain't going to be the best fighter in the world at 45 years old. So at max, he has 15 years living on top of the world. Yeah. I mean, this is a this has now become an issue with John Jones's personality. And therein lies the problem with Jones is that his personality is going to be a problem for the UFC. This is not a shtick that he does when the camera turns on. This is the shit he does when he thinks the cameras are off. And that becomes extraordinarily problematic when you're trying to look for a guy who's the best pound-for-pound pound fighter to be the ambassador in the sport when he won't embrace who he is on camera. He's not Floyd Mayweather who, who adopted the bad guy role for a purpose. John Jones tried to run away from it. Now he's back, and he's still confused. He doesn't know what he wants to be. No, he's saying, still cutting good guy promos, and I'm sorry, and apologizing, and DC tried to call him out on it. Like, oh, really? You have no none against me, but you just called me the biggest pussy you ever seen in your life? Like, he's trying to poke holes in it, and John is still trying to keep up the, the good guy act. Yeah, he's, he's doing the, the reverse Mayweather. Mayweather yeah, exactly. acted like a bad guy. Gr granted, he did some bad shit in his life, but 
he acted the part and played it up. John Jones is a bad guy acting like he's a good guy. Like it's not it's not going to happen. We don't believe you. You need more people. It it, it ain't working for John and something has to change cuz now he's not marketable. Yeah. He's, he's costing fr- them money. A lot of money. He he's fraudulent, man. He, John Jones is a fraud and he needs to just get his act together. I don't know if this will affect the fight. And honestly, you know, for the sake of the fans, I hope it doesn't because people really want to see this fight. But me personally, kind of John Jones needs another wake-up call. Maybe you need to be suspended again if you can't get your shit together. That's what I was saying. You know, it's, it's not the greatest for the fight itself. But if this man goes out and wins the championship, which many of us think he will, he can't continuously get locked up. And yeah. he, you don't want this guy to be the spearhead of your company. Because as a champion, he's looked at as, the, as such. And how do you hang your hat on this guy when you don't know if he's going to be here? Six months from now. What if he does miss a fight? What if he did this, you know, three weeks from now or two weeks from now? He would have missed the fight. You can't depend on a guy like that. So do you wait and gamble and hope or do you suspend him now and say, get your shit together? And, you know, I I think Roger Goodell is too strong handed in the NFL, but he had a decent idea, which is the judicial system is his own thing. But if you keep getting in trouble and beating cases, you're still making us look bad. So you're going to get suspended. And the NFL had that right in that regard. And the UFC needs to do something like that. Like, I'm tired of the Dana White, buddy, buddy. This is my best friend. Like, no, you're a company now. You are a a legit sports company and organization. You need to start running shit like that. No more friendly, buddy, buddy. In, In my article, I put in the... How I Met Your Mother intervention banner picture. Because that's what it is. They're trying to be friends. Like, John, please stop doing this. And they just talk to him and then let him go out and run the world again. Like, yeah. that shit, it's, it's done. He doesn't get that. And he he's, he's, there's a reason why Conor McGregor is a bigger star than him. There should be no reason for that. This yeah. guy is the most dominant athlete in your sports history. And you can't market him because he's not real. Conor is real. People see that, people pay for that. I don't know, man. As you know, like by the time a lot of our listeners, by the time a lot of you guys hear this podcast, we should know some more information on where John Jones is going. And I'm sure we're going to end gonna up talking fight. about it. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, we'll, we'll end up talking about it next week because the hearing and everything else. But, man, I'm just sick of John Jones, man. I, I just really, as, as great of a talent as he is, it's just, this is just too much. So let's talk about your stupidness. You were talking about UFC 200. It's my stupidness of the week. Um, they've built it up so much to be the sequel to UFC 100. To be this grand spectacle. And it's fallen short. And the booking was in place months ago. When we started looking at it, it was like, who's going to fight there? Like, no one's on pace to fight there. They, they hitched their wagon to Connor and Ronda. And they saw it in back-to-back months, or I guess in four-month span, those dreams get shattered. So now it's like, what? Okay, we're going to force Conor into a rematch because him and Nate Diaz did good numbers. But it was a bad fight. Conor whipped ass for one round, looked sloppy and fat, and then got tired and pretty much just gave up. He could have tapped standing up. The choke isn't the reason he tapped. He was done. He was ready to get out of there. So now you... Book a UFC 200 main event, Conor Nate Diaz rematch at 170 pounds again. 
Why? Connor's not good at 170 pounds. They have well, time. Why not 155? Where the, actually the winner could go and challenge for a title. Uh, all right. Um, well, well, let's get to the announcements because some people may not be aware. So Connor and Nate Diaz has been announced for USC 200, the rematch, um, which is also followed by uh, Jose Aldo versus Frankie Edgar 2 for Ooh, the interim featherweight title. Great sell. And uh, Cain Velasquez, <laughs> Travis Brown, Diego Sanchez, Joe Lozon, and Takanori Gomi versus Jim Miller. Now, none of these cards, they have not placed these cards where they're going to be the uh, prelims, main card. Um, automatically, we all assume that McGregor Diaz 2 will be the main event. And Al- Edgar Aldo 2, I, I don't think that's going to be the co-main event. I think that'll be the third or fourth fight on the card. I think there's a lot of room to still stack this card. UFC 100 was loaded with fights. Okay, because they need to do something. Because this, we've seen better cards than this in, you know, in, in a June fight. Well, you know, we, we saw a better card than this. Uh, Connor's other fight against Aldo. His fight against Aldo had a better card than this. Well, it was loaded, but I mean, we like again, we still got time. It's, July is a is a pretty long ways out, so we still got a lot of time. I'm not mad at the Jose Aldo Frankie Edgar two fight at all. I think that's going to be an excellent fight. I think it's, it's a great fight for the interim title, and I think I, I don't see any problem with that whatsoever. If Connor is going to move up and wait and fight for the well, for whatever. For money. For money. (laughs) If that's going to happen, Frankie needs to fight. And Jose wants to fight. And whoever wins will either be next in line for a shot at Conor or they'll they'll be the full-on world champion. And I don't have a problem with that because I think, me personally, I think Frankie deserves that more than anybody else on this card because he's been so patient waiting. And what happens when Aldo backs out? What happens when Aldo gets injured? Well, we'll worry about that when it happens. <laughs> that's just something that it's a 50-50 shot at this point. At this but, point in his career, it's a 50-50 shot. And I mean, it scares me half to death. That's the same thing with Cain Velasquez. We don't know if Cain will be healthy. And he's so, also on the card. <laughs> yes, he is. But I think, I think because we have three cards throughout the, this week, that week, I think Max Holloway is going to be somewhere on one of these cards and will be the perfect person to jump in if Jose Aldo or Frankie Yeager gets hurt. Because he's, he's the, the guy on the cusp for a title shot. Yeah, and he's talking a lot about it, so that, that makes sense. So I'm not mad at this matchup at all. Connor and Nate, I get it. It's a big money fight. It's the way that you, Nate's a star. He's got the most momentum he's had in a long time. If you match Nate up against anybody else, it doesn't do as well as it does against Connor in a rematch. I get it. I'm not necessarily a fan of it. Me personally, I think that Connor needed to defend his featherweight title. But I knew it once he was fighting at 170. I just didn't see him fighting at 145 in a couple of months. I just didn't see that happening, win or lose. So here we are with this Nate Diaz-Conor McGregor fight. It's going to sell well, and it's going to do well. The thing that I'm waiting for is the Robbie Lawler announcement. He's the only champion who has not been booked for anything throughout the Unstoppable Tour, where they talked about all these championship fights. He's the only person we're waiting for. And I do see that we're probably going to have Robbie Lawler, Carlos Condo, two on this card as well. We're going to have a lot of twos on this card. I, I, I anticipated that, which is fine. Um, you, you have to, I guess, take the pulse of Ronda. If she's not ready to come back until November, she's going to do numbers versus anyone. So why not have Holly versus Misha, too? I mean, that's very, it's a very distinct possibility. However, the lingering outlier right now is Cyborg being signed to a UFC contract. She scares Every one of them to death, by the way. Exactly. She, she's fighting at 140 against Leslie Smith, who she's going to kill. Yes, she she's is. going to kill Leslie Smith. Big ups and, to Leslie Smith for taking the fight and not well, being yeah. scared. She's not scared. She's going to fight her to catch weight at 140. 
Um, I talked to Cyborg when I ran the story on Yahoo to ask if this was indicative of her coming down to 135, and she, they refused to give me an answer uh, what this means. She could <laughs> go back to Invicta to defend the title. But I figure if she wins, the turnaround is her fighting Holly or Misha at 200. Or, or the third option, if Holly and Misha fight each other, is Kazagano. Which would be great. I mean, everyone, Misha excluded, is big enough to go up to 140. I don't think Misha's at her best at 140, 145. But Kat um, and Holly, they're bigger for the division anyway. Yeah. They can fight at 140 and be perfectly fine. So we'll see. I mean, Cyborg is the scariest woman in MMA. I don't care how good Misha, Holly, now that Ronda has lost, the invincibility veil is gone. Cyborg is the scariest fighter. She's big, she's muscular, she kills people. <laughs> so. They, they did this right because she's going to fight in her backyard at Curitaba, Brazil. She's going to kill Leslie Smith in a round. And then she's going to be ready for her next fight at UFC 200. I feel, I feel like they're going to bring her in. So we, got, we still have a lot of room to, shape, to, to break, make, make this card. Right now, lot. I'm not like just wowed by it. But like you said, if they add two more main event, stuff and sli- uh, main event fights and slide some stuff down to the Fox 1 card, by the time we look up and it's July, it might be a great card. But right now, it's not on par with UFC 100, and it's not what they were selling fans. No, I mean, I think they'll figure it out. Like, this isn't, this isn't as bad as WrestleMania 32 with all the injuries. This is a situation where they got a lot of cards to fill up. They'll fill some spots. And all you got once you add Robbie Lawler to this card, the whole dynamic of everything changes because you know you're going to get a great fight between Robbie and if, it, if it's Carlos too because that's the fight that makes sense. Yeah, so, I mean, as long as GSP doesn't come in and, you know, want to just throw a wrench in some shit. No, I mean, then, then you're just up to you. Now you're just selling tickets. I mean, GSP comes back, it's just excitement. Nobody, I mean, in real life, it's just like Floyd Mayweather. Nobody really likes to see him fight. No. <laughs> but, they, but they just know he's really good. So you're going to watch him. Maybe something crazy will happen. You pay to probably watch GSP lose. So if, if he does come back and, and jumps into things and fights Robbie Law, eh, I mean, I'm still interested. You know, it could be a five-round hump fest where... where GSP just grounds him for five rounds and lays in praise. We never know. But I'm, I'm personally, I'm here for Robbie and Carlos since Wonderboy is going to be locked up with Rory McDonald. So, you know, 200, we got some time. It's not horrible. Um, 100, like if you go back and look at 100 and how that came together with Lesnar, Mir 2, uh, Bisping Henderson, and Tiago Alves, GSP, that was a very heavy uh, top three fights. This, we'll get the same thing here because Conor McGregor is – for almost, he's the Brock Lesnar of the UFC right now. He's their cash cow. So we'll see how it plays out. Definitely. Um, we have to get to WrestleMania, but first we have a little bit of boxing to talk about. Oh, God. Another, Legal trouble. Some more stupid shit. <laughs> this is the theme for the week. Uh, your boy, Adrian Broner, is fighting this weekend despite having a warrant out for his arrest for allegedly, air quotes, um, holding a man at gunpoint and threatening him over a bowling bet. I think the reported number was something stupid, like $13,000 well, well, on bowling? What, I, I called the police department to get some clarity on this. So what happened was back in, I believe it was January, Adrian Broner and a friend, a friend and associate, and this is all allegedly due to the report because he filed a civil case, um, they were betting on bowling. Uh, Broner lost. He lost, I believe it was... 6000 in credit, and I want to say 8000 in cash. How do you bet credit? Where are you? <laughs> uh, Adrian Broner, you know, he'll probably say, I'm good for it. And he is good. He's got money. You know, we've seen him throw in at Walmart. Got a lot of change. 
So he loses. It was a two-on-two bowling thing. He loses. Um, he's a sore loser. He asks the dude for the money back. Dude says no. He goes to retreat, goes to his car, uh, gets a nine millimeter, I believe, and goes up to him. He doesn't point him at him, but people scatter, and he punches him in the face, uh, steals all the money out of his pockets, including the man's two thousand dollars. And that's where the pro- <laughs> and that's where the problem is because gambling is illegal, and other you can't just gamble. So Broner would essentially be stealing his own money back. But once he stole that man's money, now it's a problem. It's a bigger problem. Now, yes, that is that is theft. Your and, hands uh, with yeah. a deadly weapon, by the way. Well, your hands are registered weapons as well, which is another problem. So, Broner, there was a warrant issued after there was. There's videotape of this as well. A witness corroborated what happened, and there is tape of the incident, uh, which led to the warrant being issued. Now, the warrant is only centralized to Ohio, which means that Broner can travel outside as long as he's going to turn himself in. Once he sets foot back in Ohio. The cops will be after him. If they pull him over, just like you got pulled over for a speeding ticket, they will arrest you. The bond is $100,000, which you'll pay 10% of. $10,000 be out of jail. I figure after the Theophane fight, win or lose, he'll come home to Ohio, turn himself in, pay the bond, and be out. Now, the problem is, what, the, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you punching a man? Why are you being a sore loser? And if, all, if everything said is true, you're a dickhead. <laughs> Yo, he, this guy has no common sense. None. Nah, man. And they're giving him what, probably three point five mil, I think it is, for this Theophane fight. Is he getting that much? Look, I'm, I haven't even looked at the person. Yo, I, I, that, I believe that's it can't what be the that high. It can't it's, be it's that, that high. high. Like it's so stupid. They're just funneling this guy more money, and he's calling out Floyd and everything. And in my heart of hearts, I think if Floyd comes back for fifty, it's against Adrian Broner. So this, the stupidness pays off. He, once again, he has to get through this fight, and I don't see him losing to Theo Fane. It, I mean, we'll be in, in Dallas, and we'll talk about that more here in a second. And I'm not going to stop my, my nighttime events to watch the fight. No, absolutely not. But there's no, like, I'm looking at Broner's previous purses. There's no way he's getting $3 million. He, he got $1.5 million. Oh, he got $1 million, um, in his last fight. Let me look so, it up. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. It's definitely not $3 million because if that's the case, then Al Heyman might as well fold up and go home now because there's, no, <laughs> there's not going to be that many people watching this fight on Spike TV. And no, it, not it, at all. Robert Easter on the other card, one of Broner's friends. Um, it's just not going to draw that well. But it's just like, man, Adrian Broner, you are John Jones without the talent, you idiot. Like, what are you doing? You know, there's one thing to be a heel for marketability purposes, but to be an asshole just to be an asshole? And to, like, to do dumb things, like you're risking your career, which there's not really much left of it. You know, if, 1.5 if, million, by the way. Okay, that you're makes correct. more sense. That makes a lot more sense than 3 million. That's insane. They were paying Adrian Broner 3 million. We're in the wrong business. <laughs> um, no. But well, the let's Bro- cut that in half then. There you go. Yeah. But Broner fighting Theophane, Theophane is not really a threat. He's a, he's a style threat, he's very durable. He's somebody that they're going to set up to see if Broner can knock out, which I don't think he'll be able to. Um, and I don't think the fight will be all that exciting. But the problem is, is Broner, you don't have a lot of career left in you. Will you continue to make million dollar paydays? You're one more loss away from, I don't know, you know, like the just just mid card status. Um, so why are you doing this? Like, why are you betting money at bowling? You're not. You know, I feel like he bets money on everything. He's he's just man. He just has nothing else to do. Nothing else satisfies Adrian Broner. He needs a life coach. That's what Adrian Broner needs a life coach. It's too late. He's young. 
but, but he bad is, kids. he's too old to be stupid. Bruh, he's got bad sense. kids, and, and I'm just going to put this out there because most athlete, young athletes forget to do this. I have a feeling he doesn't pay his taxes. So <laughs> I'm just going to, like, between that, his children, the child support that will come with those children eventually, he's going to be in a world of hurt in the next five years. I mean, there's still an opportunity for him to figure some things out. He can still grow as a boxer. He can still, he can perhaps get better. I don't see it. Um, but he's young enough to do those things if he would adhere to advice, if he would put, cast his ego to the side and listen. But he's not going to listen, man. And, and if whatever happens, happens. So, Adrian Broner, good luck to you, sir. Um, hopefully you don't, don't find yourself behind bars. But you're gonna, he's, some shit's going to happen, Adrian Broner. Some, he messed up. Something's going down. Um, the other boxing thing we have to touch on, though, was Andre Ward looking great last weekend. Um, should Kovalev be scared? No. He shouldn't be scared. Uh, here's why. I thought you were a huge believer in Andre Ward. I am a huge believer in Andre Ward, but I, I don't think Kovalev's scared of anybody. Have you seen this guy? I've seen Kovalev. Okay. So Andre Ward, the reason why Kovalev should not be concerned with Andre Ward is because regardless of how good Andre Ward looked against Sullivan Barrera, it was evident that there was still a little bit of rust that needed to be knocked off Andre Ward, and he was knocking it off during that fight. He doesn't have the power to necessarily pose a threat to Kovalev. And you have to be concerned what will happen if one of those few shots that Barrera hit Ward with clean came from Kovalev. Kovalev kills everybody. But and if Ward can survive, it, he, stylistically, he, can, he showed that he can outpoint people with ease. Well, that, well that's, that's great. But against somebody like Kovalev, who's boxing ability is severely underrated people talk about this guy as a knockout artist go back and watch the bernard hopkins fight and i was watch, just about watch, to say that fight yeah. watch, yes watch what he does to crafty people because he, he, he'll brawl with you if you're an athlete like john pascal he'll kill you because he's just stronger than you but if you're crafty he can neutralize that as well with his power and his, his ability to cut off the ring his jab there are a lot of things that kovalev does well and he's been active with ward not being as active ward better take another fight and i don't care who it's against He's going to need another fight. Kovalev, there's nothing for Kovalev to be scared of whatsoever. No, Kovalev's going to have another fight. Ward has to. I mean, you don't want to go in there with any, any type of rust against Kovalev. No. You have to stay healthy. Your body has to be in peak form. And his next fight, he has to get used to fighting people at that weight. That's the, and therein lies my other issue. He's fighting at light heavyweight. This isn't the super middleweight division. You're fighting bigger guys, and especially somebody, not only the biggest puncher in the, in the division, but arguably the, one of the top three punchers in all of boxing. That's a scary prospect. Which is why I didn't like when he signed that deal with HBO and kind of locked himself in for these warm-up fights. Um, <laughs> it's a, yo, he got a lot. He's securing his future. He got... I, I, but I get it's, it. it's still crazy because I, I think Adonis Stevenson would have been the perfect warm-up fight. For who? For, For Ward. Ward. Warm-up fight? I mean, to someone with heavy punching power at that size that I think he can outclass. Adonis will never get in the ring with Andre Ward. But Adonis, I get people say Adonis won't get in the ring with anybody. He would, clearly, he won't. Look at what he's done. Yeah, he's, he won't. But I mean, I think that would have been a fight to sit down at the table and say, yo, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah, have yeah, some yeah. of this Rock Nation money. We'll split this, however. And you know, people talk about Heyman and his relationship there. It, it would have been difficult, but whatever it may be, that would have been the fight—a perfect tune-up. And it's not even a possibility. They can't even sit down at the table anymore to discuss no. that. So he really has no one to get a true tune-up. No, for a 
Well, I mean, like, like you look at the light heavyweight division. There's, there's really, yeah. I mean, whoever he fights, it's just going to be to put the rounds in the, in the, in the, in his backpack. Yeah, glorified you know, sparring. Yeah, that. I mean, it's really what Andre Ward kind of needs because he, he is that good. I, and I, I've, I've never been. Any, I have nothing against Andre Ward. I've always, I, regardless of what anybody says, I think aside from Floyd Mayweather, he's the most technically sound boxer. In all of boxing, I don't think there's anybody more technically sound, defensively and offensively, as Andre Ward. But there's there's issues when you got to fight guys with big punching power, and they can also box because all it takes is one knockdown and a couple of rounds of inactivity to change everything. He Ward is not the athlete that Floyd Mayweather is, um, but he is very technically sound. He can give anybody problems. He can be anybody in any given night. Just with somebody like Kovalev, you're going to need to get somebody else before you fight this man at, at light heavyweight. Good luck to you. Hopefully, War gets a fight in July um, and, and gets himself ready because they're looking at this November 13th or 17th date for this pay-per-view to happen. I'm, for me, I'm excited for it because I still don't think Canelo and Triple G is happening in September. So we need a big fight because boxing sucks this year. Yeah, they, they better pick up steam now. And hopefully, you know, we get to see some of the young guns get in there with, with some of the veterans. I, I'd love to see these young guys work their way up the ladder. Yeah. Um, we're, we're on the brink of that. I mean, we might get a big Kell Brook-Danny Garcia fight. We'll have to watch it. It'll be in the UK. But it, it'll be a great fight. Yeah, I don't think Danny Garcia's going to the UK. Um, oh, he's, they'd, he's, they'd have to make it in New York then. But I mean, Yeah, he, he's a Silver Spoon exclusive. kid. He's a Silver Spoon kid. He's one of those guys. He's going to get what he wants. Al Hammer's going to give him what he wants. Kell Brook doesn't get that. Um benefit of the doubt where hey i want to go to the uk nobody you have to you're gonna fight in the states so <laughs> but that's that. that's a fight i think can possibly happen so they they have fights lined up that could look real good um errol spence depending on how he, how he does he, he yeah. might be in line for you know the keith thurman sean porter winner we, we don't know how fast these guys can go yeah it just sucks all this stuff is for 2017 like none of this stuff is really coming to fruition this year and boxing needs it this year. Yeah, it's like all October, November. I mean, it yeah. could happen this year, but it's so far. Yeah, we know, got we got on. a lot of we got a lot of time. And 2016 has been a pretty trash year for boxing. Um, what isn't trash is that we're going to WrestleMania this week. Finally, we're on the topic. I'm so hype. Uh, I completely marked out earlier today. I'm by myself writing articles in my room, and I see a Nakamura like video the WWE put out, and I felt like a teenage girl at an NSYNC concert. Like, I marked out, <laughs> and I just lost my mind for a second. And I was like, yo, we're going to be at WrestleMania. We're going to see all of these things. Um, they've been teasing the Finn Balor WrestleMania entrance, which I don't know if he does. Um, maybe just for, like, the Andre the Giant Memorial. I don't know. But if any of that happens, I'm losing my damn mind. I, I don't know what's going to happen, and that's what's so beautiful about this week. Yeah, man. I, I mean, this is, I think it's my sixth WrestleMania, but... I'm just excited because I'm not even excited just for WrestleMania. I'm excited for everything else surrounding WrestleMania. Like, we have so much to do. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff to do. And for me, there's nothing greater than hanging out with a bunch of people who love wrestling because it's really like a nerd sport. And when you, when you hang out with all these people that love wrestling, you can talk about the really ridiculous things that happen and make your predictions. It's like, you know, man soap opera. Like when women sit around and watch General Hospital, and it's like, I can't, but girl, I can't. It's like <laughs> us. We're like, yo, son, did you see that? Like, yo, because we really, like the WrestleMania card isn't the greatest card I've ever seen. We'll, t we'll give our predictions a little bit later. But there is a lot of intrigue there on the future of how the WWE carries out. Because after WrestleMania, everything resets. Um, and then we, we do, there's Evolve, there's 
There's just so much. So, Kel, let's let's talk about what your plans are, and we'll talk about where we're going to be at. So, if anybody's out here out there in Dallas, come, you can come find us because we're going to be in quite a few places. Yeah, I mean, um, Friday I'll be at WrestleMania Access uh, for a little while. I think it's from like five to eight, but I'll be leaving a little early. But five o'clock I'll be there. So, if anyone's hanging out at Access, I'll be downtown. Uh, later that night, we're both going to ROH. Yes, sir. Wrestling Saturday. Uh, you'll be busy for the majority of the day. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll start. Like I'm going to be at Access, uh, the NXT tapings, which there are going to be four tapings. So this means I'm going to get to see Nakamura. So I'm hyped. <laughs> and I will be at Evolve to watch Ricochet. Uh, yeah, you get to say Ricochet and Will Ospreay, which is going to be an amazing match. That card, the Evolve card actually is pretty damn phenomenal um, from top to bottom. That is a strong card. And Zack Sabre Jr., who I really want to see. Yeah, yeah, Saber Jr. I've um, never been to, you know, Bola or anything like that. I haven't seen him PWG, so I've never seen the guy wrestle. I really oh, want to see him. Yeah, you'll get a chance to see him. Uh, Matt Riddle, former UFC fighter, MMA fighter, is also on the card. Um, I believe he's, I think he's fighting Timothy Thatcher. For the belt, the night before, Friday night. Yeah, the Friday night, which is, I'm, I want to see that, but going to support my man Moose. I ran, you know, I ran my interview today on Yahoo Sports about an ex-football player turn, chasing his dream to be a pro wrestler. So we're going to go check out Moose and the rest. He's fighting Roddy Strong at uh, the Supercard of Honor on Friday night. Um, Young Bucks and Motor City uh, uh, Machine Guns are going to be headlining. headlining. Pretty strong Ring of Honor card, but that's Saturday. Yeah, we're busy. Um, after that, uh, we have a little bit of downtime. I'm supposed to be going to WrestleCon to catch up with old wrestlers and find out what they're doing today. Um, I'm supposed to be eating somewhere in Dallas. That is what I'm going to do. I'll make sure to tweet out where I am. If you guys want to have drinks and some food, you're more than welcome. Yeah, and then, you know, there's, there's going to be a few other folks out there. I know uh, Podcast Cheapy. I was talking to a great stack guy, Greg, and I know they're doing a little get-together. Um, this uh, My man, Kaz, guess, you know, friend of the podcast, uh, he'll be running the streets with Wale, fi- figure out where they're at. And then uh, Saturday night, we're going to be hitting the Mercury Rising show, which... Uh, from the uh, WWN, um, Kota Ibushi will be on that card. Uh, Matt Riddle will be on that card. Zack Sabre Jr. and Chris Hero will be on that card. Um, that's Saturday night, and both myself and Kale will be there. So if you guys are at that card, come look for us. Um, and then later that night, I believe we'll all be attending Jim Ross's uh, one-man Podcast. show. Yeah. It's his big one-man show at the House of Blues. Um, Hopefully we'll be alive at that point. I'm sure I'm going to be burnt out. Um, I'm not touching the Hall of Fame this year. Y- y'all can have that. And, <laughs> you don't want to see your boy Snoop? No, nah, I'm good, man. I, you know, like I, you know, eh, I'm cool. I'm cool. I don't. Hall of Fame is just going to be three and a half hours of a lot of people talking, um, and I'm good. I'd rather see people get beat up. So Mercury rises Saturday than Sunday. WrestleMania. The big day before that, Terry Funk barbecue honoring the, the great Terry Funk, and then we go to WrestleMania. Correct. I'm actually doing a, a pub crawl uh, downtown. Oh boy! From eleven to three before I meet up with you for the Terry Funk barbecue. So I'm going to need that barbecue because I might be a little tipsy. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to the people. So um, I'll, I'll tweet out all the information for the pub crawl. They do it every year, I guess, for WrestleMania. It's a big thing, and it's open to everyone. So it's pretty cool. Just a bunch of wrestling fans going to a bunch of different bars and trying to predict what's happening, Mania, later that day. It, it's cool. I just like being around the people. I'm a man of the people. I want to be around and just, you know, talk some trash and, and see who's right and what predictions are. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, you know, uh, Marcus Vandenberg, uh, Yahoo, 
uh, will be joining us down there. Friend of the uh, podcast. Yeah, my my one of my childhood friends, Ramon Carey. We've been talking about going to WrestleMania for years. We never sync up and do it at the same time. Finally, we're getting to do this. He lives in the Houston area. He'll be hanging out with us. And you know, if, if you guys are out there, tweet us. Let us know where you're at. We know where we're going to be at, and it's going to be insane. So you know, come shoot the shit with us, and we'll be talking WrestleMania, just wrestling in general. So, with that being said, let's talk about the go home episode of Raw. What did you think, Kel? Uh, it had its moments. Um, <laughs> it, it wasn't the greatest go home, especially for Raw. Like, I'm, I mean, for Mania, you expect something better, bigger. You, you want to really just be dying to see WrestleMania, and I didn't get that. Uh, I, I believe the NXT go home show, which hasn't aired yet, I believe. We're actually talking through it, um, so we haven't seen it yet. But I believe that's going to be better than Raw was. Uh, but NXT is better in most regards. Exactly. So Raw didn't leave me overly excited for anything. But with that being said, I, I've seen worse go-home shows the past, what, three or four months? Going into Royal Rumble, I was damn near depressed. So <sighs> this is better than that if, if but, you're looking for a silver lining. But it's WrestleMania. It's your go-home show. The only thing that I got out of this is, once again, Undertaker and Shane McMahon has the most heat. It's going to steal the show. When Shane and, jumped off of the turnbuckle into the tail, I was like, oh, he still got it. And the well, whole crowd started chanting. I was like, oh, yeah. So, so we'll, we'll talk about that first. Undertaker and Shane, um, the segment with you know, Undertaker, you know, called him Rich Boy. He's too an addict. Called him your daddy's bitch. Shane jumped off the turnbuckle. This, this is a damn near 50-year-old man jumping off the turnbuckle onto the announcer's table. And you can't really practice that. Nope. And it leads you to believe because once you do that, the stakes have been raised that much higher for Hell in the Cell. He's jumping off the cage. He's Bro, putting he's Taker on the table, and he's jumping off of the cell onto Taker. Look, I'd like to believe you. I just don't want Shane to kill him. Like, I literally I tweeted this earlier. Shane is <laughs> going to die at Hell in the Cell if he tries to do any of this. But the man looks like he's in phenomenal shape. Um, the His fact- punches looked a little bit better. Well, they were a lot stiffer this week. Like, you know, kind of. There was there was one punch in particular. Now, if anybody has Raw on their DVR, I want you to go back and watch this. Or Hulu, like like us normal people. Yeah, well, I don't I don't do Hulu. I'm good. I have enough streaming services. But there's a there's a part in here where where Shane is setting Undertaker up on the table and goes to get the monitor, and he hits him with like a jab, and it's like the best jab that Shane throws because it's like a no look jab, and like <laughs> Taker eats it and goes down. And I was like, all right, cool. I can kind of buy into this a little bit more. The funny thing about this match is this. In wrestling, if you look at this from a wrestling perspective, there's no way Undertaker should lose. He's the dead man. He's the phenom. He's only lost to Brock Lesnar. He shouldn't lose. In real life, if this was a shoot, Shane McMahon might be able to beat the shit out of old-ass Undertaker. I don't know. Taker still got it. Like You would think, but Taker has a lot of years of MMA under his belt. He does a but lot of like high, like going into camps and sparring with Frank Mir. Not the Frank Mir we just saw get knocked out, like real Frank Mir. Uh, like beating Brock Lesnar, Frank Mir. Undertaker was fighting him. So I know age catches up to you a little bit, but different weight classes. Taker's still probably nasty in the jits on the ground. Only thing he has to do is land a takedown. Hey, you know, I'm just saying, a shoot fight, this is far more intriguing than in real life, in pro wrestling life, where we're like, ah, there's no way. Like, Shane's going to have to pull the, 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 magic, the rabbit out of the hat to do win they, this match. Do they still have shoots in Japan? Um, occasionally, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, but from time to time. But everything about this segment screamed that this should be the main event. 
But we got three segments with Roman Reigns and Triple H, and none of them moved me. And Brooklyn was not having it with Roman Reigns at all. Oh, the last segment was horrible. Goodness gracious. And I I understand what they were trying to do. It still screamed like uh, Taker Brock Lesnar did it better, and we just saw it. Mm -hmm. Um, With everyone coming out and everything. Like, that was more believable. I didn't like it too much then, but I was like, okay, they actually want to kill each other. Um, This one, I was kind of like, okay, Roman, whatever. And, And Brooklyn... Oh man, it it couldn't set up for two rougher, you know, Monday Night Raws to close out before Mania. Would you go from Philly to Brooklyn? Just like, those fans, like they did Roman no favors in this no. lead up. No, I mean when when Roman cleared the rope and did the suicide dive over the top rope into the like the crowd was just like you still suck. Like there, there was just <laughs> no there was no nothing. There was nothing for Roman Reigns, and it's so hard for me to believe. There's only one theory when we actually talk about this, our predictions. There's only one theory that I have, and that's Tony Roman Reigns' heel. There is no possible way that anybody's going to feel good out of this main event unless Roman Reigns goes heel. There's just no way. Because the, the, there's 15,000 at Barclays. There's going to be about almost 100,000 at AT&T booing Roman Reigns. Dude, they're gonna have to, they have to. They absolutely have to align him with Vince McMahon. There's just no way. There's no other way to do it. Yep. There's just no way. Nobody, nobody likes this. Um, El- oh, real quick, um, a report by PW Insider. We are seeing the last Divas title match at WrestleMania, yes. according to them. Um, no more butterfly belt. The women's title will be making an appearance again. And it's great. It got out of the dumpster last year at Mania for the Hall of Fame. Might as well bring it back. Yeah, and no, I'm, I'm they are women's wrestlers, and I so appreciate it. I hope that women's championship is wrapped around Bay's waist come Monday, and it'll be a great moment. <laughs> I'm glad that's happened. Um, the funny thing about the build-up to that match, which I like to talk about now, is that um, Banks, Becky, and Charlotte, they don't necessarily – they could have used a better build, but I understand because – Whatever they can't really figure out this timing thing. Roman gets three segments; they should have a better segment. But but they gave so much, so much time in the past two to three weeks to the others divas match, which yeah. is crazy. I watch SmackDown so I can see what's going on. Like I said last week with Sasha and Becky, they get their time there. But on Raw, that's supposed to be where they shine, right. not on but- SmackDown. And the roles should have been reversed. That stupid ten women tag match where they thought Eve Marie was going to get one hell of a pop. Last week and ended up getting booed out the damn building like she does in NXT. Yo, I think they do it. I think they knew that she was gonna get booed out of the building. You think? They, yeah, I think they did it and was just like because the, the look on their faces when they put Eva in there and the, the crap, like they kind of knew. Like Eva gets heat for being an awful wrestler, a terribly good looking woman, but a terrible, terrible wrestler. So I think they knew what they were doing. But Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha, you, there's not really much more that needs to be said. Like we know. Or at least we're hoping that this is going to be a phenomenal match that we're going to be talking about for a long, long time. I'm just kind of frustrated that the WWE didn't use this moment to really pro- promote this as a huge moment in pro wrestling, period. Yeah, they're not. I mean, Vince is still in charge. Black, <laughs> blacks and women still don't get They don't tickle his fancy. Yes. Um, they don't do it for him, to steal a quote from myself from a previous podcast. They, they don't do it for him, and he's not going to push him. I mean, Triple H did, and that's great in NXT, but... Not going to convince Vince to do the same. Yeah. So elsewhere, we also had um, uh, we had the phenomenal AJ Styles. Uh, yeah. Um, Once again, him and Jericho match is like oh, we've seen it before, but you know, AJ gets a good WrestleMania moment. Um, I put together a list the other day of the top ten 
uh, WrestleMania promos ever. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Kaz once again, friend of the podcast, for giving me the idea on Twitter and putting it together. And I forgot how good some of the promo packages have been for WrestleManias. And one I look back on was CM Punk versus Chris Jericho and how oh, well. amazing that build was and that promo package was. And I felt like they were trying to strike that again with AJ and Chris is just too old now. It, it yeah. just, it, they, it missed the boat. The, but, oh man, Chris had it when he was going against uh, CM Punk and bringing his family into it and saying like the alcoholics and every, oh, the shit was a great build. This wasn't that. Yeah, no, and, and, and to go back on the CM Punk Jericho build, I always felt like it could be a little bit better, but it was good. But I, I had it at like six, six yeah. or seven. So the issue here is that we've seen these guys wrestle already. So because we've seen them wrestle so many times, this, this match was in dire need of a stipulation. And I know this is like WrestleMania is kind of stipulation heavy, but they could have benefited from, I mean, the latter match is already booked. They, they, they could have used something. Two out of three falls. Like something, this match needed a stipulation because we're seeing it again. It could have been an I quit match. It, like, it just they needed. They used a microphone enough. It should have yeah, been an I quit match. Yeah, like they, they, they needed some kind of stipulation to add some juice in this rivalry. Um, uh, they, and we'll talk about the predictions later. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, this is going to be AJ Styles' moment. Chris Jericho, this is nothing new, him putting over talent. He put over Fandango, for Christ's sakes. So, <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, we had a very kind of, depending on who, how you looked at it, the Dean Ambrose and Paul Heyman Brock Lesnar segment was either great or terrible for building that match. With Dean coming out with a red wagon, kind of looking around, grabbing some materials, some weaponry. And I, then I think took Paul off. did one hell of a job. I think we've heard better Paul Heyman promos in the past, and I'm not blaming Paul Heyman for this. I just The segment was just kind of weird to see Ambrose be kind of goofy and like like he put the stairs in his wagon and then he just left and that was really all that we got between Le- Lesnar and Ambrose on the go home show of Mania yeah so I mean I'm, I'm whatever we'll um, see if there's once again they're, they're trying to use Smackdown as much as they use Mania and uh, I'm sure we'll get like a promo piece or two on Smackdown and we'll see how that build goes yeah but I, so I, much time was devoted to Roman Reigns it's like he missed the better part of a month and they forgot about him didn't run any, you know, promos from the hospital room. Didn't have him talk. Nothing. And then they came back and they're like, oh, we have to give him, you know, three or four spots on each Monday Night Raw to make up for it. And other, other feuds suffered. Yeah, they, and they really did. Um, New Day League of Nations, I don't care. No. Um, um, there's Kalisto one, Ryback? Nah, don't care. Uh, one, the one, last thing I want to talk about is the six-man tag uh, oh, with I Kevin you Owens. Gonna, you mean uh, ladder match? Yeah, but no, I'm talking about the tag match that was on Raw. That, oh, correct. Yeah. That the Brooklyn crowd just completely shit on, chanting everything from JBL to CM, CM Punk. Punk. They just didn't care. And I get why. And even though the tag match wasn't dreadful. But that was just, stupid. Like, their chants were dumb. That's when, like, the crowd kind of lost me. Well, yeah, it, you know, you're hijacking the, the Raw just for the sake of hijacking it. But the tag match in itself is just one of those things you're looking at and you're like, you're looking at Kevin Owens, you look at Sami Zayn, it's like, these two make sense, but everything else here just kind of doesn't make sense. It just, it, none of this, it's the storytelling, like, the storytelling of the tag match itself was good, but Kevin Owens in this ladder match with these guys? Eh. And then to put that match on so late, where the crowd is already pretty much burnt out from seeing Roman Reigns, and you're like, all right, here you go, a six-man tag match with Stardust. And it's like, all right, dude, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, we just, let's get to the end of the goddamn show. It's definitely KO Mania. 
I mean, it, it's KO's show. It's a highlight match for him. They gave him his favorite weapon, and they said have six people, you know, to to just destroy. Like he said, go out yeah. there and showcase your skills against all of them. And I think in the end, it's going to be him versus Sami Zayn. We'll see, you know, the power bomb off of the ladder, through the ladder, kind of like he packaged pile driver him in uh, ROH to have that one hell of a moment to end that. And I, I think we get that again, where the ladders in one ladder is in between two ladders. And, yeah. you know, you see it fold in, and I think they try to recreate that moment. They're, they're going to have to do something. They have to do something. Oh, I, I never doubt KO in the ladder match. So They'll have to do something. So let's, all right, so now, because, you know, we, we don't want to go on too long, but we have two, we have an NXT TakeOver to predict, and we have WrestleMania to predict. Correct. Uh, so, let's start with Mania? No, nah, let's start with TakeOver. TakeOver? Okay, so we gave you what was happening on Mania. Just a quick rundown of the TakeOver card. Uh, we have Austin Aries making his debut yep. in yes. NXT versus Baron Corbin. Uh, to me, Corbin's been doing really good heel work lately. Yes, he uh, This guy has gotten it. I, I love the end of days as a finishing move. I didn't like all his other movesets and everything. But he puts on decent enough matches. And we saw that against Apollo Crews at the last TakeOver. And he's a great heel. Yes, he is. So especially for what they need, he'll do fine on the main roster. He may never be championship material like he wants to be. But man, he's better than Ryback or trying to force someone to be a heel. You know, like he has right. he has heel in him. He's never going to be a face. Um, so Corbin versus Aries, a great way to introduce Aries to the NXT crowd. Um, if people don't know him, NXT people probably know him. That's you know, it's just more of an indie crowd. But for the casual fans who will tune in for NXT, Austin Aries is going to put on a great show. Then we have the revival, which is uh, Scott Dawson Dash Wilder. Versus American Alpha, Jason Jordan, Chad Gable. They've been building to this, it seems like, for months. Uh, American Alpha is the best tag team in the WWE for my money. So that's going to be a great match. Uh, Apollo Crews versus Elias Samson, who people can't stand Elias Samson. He's terrible. He has no heat. He's that, terrible. That knee is weird. Uh, I like his character. It, it may I just be it. me. I like the Drifter character, except when he does like the weird drunken uh, air guitar. But everything else, I thought their promo packages and the introduction of him was pretty cool. Uh, Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I can't wait. Yeah. The King of Strong Style. I told you I marked out earlier today. Um, that entrance is just going to be incredible. We're going to have to find somewhere to watch that. Friday night, maybe after the wrestling. I probably won't go home. If you guys want to just watch it somewhere downtown. <laughs> on the replay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down. I'm watching it Friday night, though. I don't care if I go to sleep at 3 a.m. I'm watching it Friday night. I, I can't wait until Saturday morning. So we have that. Zane probably making his last appearance in NXT. Yep. Um, so it's a great way to send him off, and he's always going to put on a show. We have Bailey versus Asuka, which is weird to me because Bailey hasn't had a real legit, uh, I, I guess, opponent since Sasha. Well, she's she's been putting yeah. people over, in my opinion, and Nia Jax isn't a polished wrestler by any means, and Bailey's had to kind of throttle down her skill set. She hasn't True. had that equal in the ring since. No, True. no disrespect to Emma or uh, everyone else she's she's wrestled. She hasn't had that equal. Ashka's that equal, so it's going to be interesting to see the type of match they put on and see Bailey turn the switch again and rev it back up, and then we have Finn. Versus Samoa Joe, uh, rematch, great promos. It, this is everything people want, man. I, I yeah. mean, you can't ask for anything better. It, it's better than Reigns Triple H. 
Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, let's go down and make our predictions. Uh, Austin Aries versus Baron Corbin. Who do you have? Um, I, I don't think Aries is going to lose his debut in NXT. Um, but I think the, the building of Baron Corbin being a guy who kind of just hates guys who come in from the indie wrestling scene is going to be a great character. I think they're going to have a great match. But Austin Aries, if anybody's seen Austin Aries wrestle, he's going to put on a show. And I, I can't see him losing his debut match. I agree. I'm going with Aries. Um, I, it's sad because I want to see the end of days. Anytime Corbin wrestles, he can hit it from so many different ways. Now he has like just where you can hit it without throwing guy against the ropes. He just whips him into it. Yep. Uh, so many different variations. I, I mean, I saw him throw uh, the small black guy. Uh, Ooh, Rich Swan. Rich Swan. Threw him around his back, whipped him around, and then threw him into the end of days. It was incredible. But we won't see it because Austin Aries is going to go over. He's going to win his debut. And they have another great character to bring back. So it's NXT is not stopping anytime soon. No. Um, second match, the Revival versus American Alpha. Woo, this is a tough one, man, because everybody expects American Alpha to go over, but Dawson and Wilder have been ex- very, very good in the ring. I love their throwback style. Yes, they are very, no high flying, like we're just getting the job done. And for that reason, I have a feeling like everybody wants this to be American Alpha's moment, just like they want it to be Enzo and Big Cass's moment. The Revival might turn away American Alpha and make them wait. I'm, I'm going with American Alpha, but I, I agree with you. I like the Revival. I like, you know, no no flying and flips, just punches and kicks. Yep. That's one hell of a line. And that's all they're about. Um, but I think Jason Jordan and Chad Gable are just so over. It's their time. Um, the Revival have had the belts for quite some time now, especially for NXT. The tag team titles usually flip a lot uh, after, like, the Ascension lost them. So I think American Alpha is their time. And this could be a rival we'll, we will see, you know, going into the summer at the next NXT TakeOver. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm not mad at that. These these guys get it, and the tag team division in general in NXT gets it. Uh, but American Alpha is my pick. Three Apollo Cruz, Elias Samson. I'm going with Apollo. If Elias goes over, then I don't know where the hell they think Cruz is. No, nah, I think the bigger challenge here is can Cruz carry Elias Samson to like at least a three star match? Because Elias Samson is just he just he's very stiff. Uh, he's not very fluid. Sloppy uh, knee. Yeah, it's, it's Apollo, the Triple H type knee. It's, it's ugly. Yeah, Apollo's going to have to carry the hell out of this match. But yeah, I don't see any way Apollo Crews loses this. Not, no way. No way whatsoever. Especially after Johnny Gargano just beat Elias Sampson on, on NXT. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, we have Sami Zayn versus Nakamura. <laughs> I, I mean, really? Easy. Uh, <laughs> Nakamura is winning. Uh, it's going to be one hell of a match, though. Yeah. What's, what's the over or under on Bumayes? Um, I think I three. Think, Maybe. I don't know. See, I'm curious at how they're going to treat the boom I air. They're going to treat it like you need a couple of them to take somebody out or if it's going to, you know, if it's going to be the first one's going to take Zayn out. Um, in, in this case, I think uh, boom I is, I think he'll about three of them. And I think he's going to finish Zayn with one off the, 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 the top turnbuckle in the back of the head. Oh, great call. Um, five, Bailey Ashka. Woo! Um, <laughs> this is the toughest match to pick. Yeah, I'm going to go with Asuka here. I think uh, Bailey has had a great run. Um, I think Asuka's going to win. But I think, I'm not going to say it's going to be something kooky that happens or bizarre. But I think it's going to be something that's going to be a little controversial that leads to Asuka winning this match. And leads to a rivalry where these, these girls are going to battle again. Because the fact of the matter is either Bailey gets called up and that leaves Asuka with really nobody on her level talent-wise. Or these two feud until SummerSlam. 
the weekend of SummerSlam and do a two out of three or something like that. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind that. I'm going with Bailey to keep the belt because I don't think she's ready to be called up yet. Uh, obviously, talent-wise, she is, but I don't think they want to introduce that character yet. You're probably um, Yeah, I mean, you got to save someone to SummerSlam, right? Like, everyone can't be called up. And they left Finn down for a long time as champion. I think Bailey's going to be the same way. And uh, Bailey holds on to the belt. Asuka, I, I can see something tricky happening here, too. Uh, you know, maybe they're just having a great brawl and Nia Jax comes out and, and ruins the match. And then it leads to a three-way at the next turn takeover. So I, I see something like that happening. But I see Bailey, you know, remaining champion. Cool. So the, let's, the main event, Balor and Samoa Joe. I'm going with Joe. Um, I'm wearing my Samoa Joe t-shirt Friday. Just walking around. <laughs> like, real. Like, I, I'm all in on Joe. It's time for NXT to have a heel champ. Uh, Owens wasn't champ long enough. And they've had nothing but faces. It, it, it's time. Finn, Finn has to go up. But the Bullet Club. Balor Club is here. They're almost ready. Um, I, I think he's getting pulled up on Monday. I think they need that huge pop. And I think Samoa Joe can carry the division. And I also think they'll reveal that Samoa Joe attacked uh, Kenta, mm. uh, which is Hideo Tommy. And I think that's where they build this next feud going forward. Yeah, um, I'm going to agree with you here. I think, I think the, main, the number one thing that you said that makes the most sense is that NXT needs a heel champ. And Samoa Joe doesn't necessarily need to be called up right now to the main roster. They don't need him. We'd all like to see him there. But it'd be great to see Joe do something similar to Kevin Owens where he wins the title, hangs in NXT for a while, and pops up with the title on Raw and starts a feud with somebody. Um, God knows who it'll be. Maybe it'll be an enforcer of some sort. But in this match, yeah, Joe has – it's a new switch when Joe was a heel. Joe was a completely different wrestler when he's a heel. I'm hoping we and, get Joe AJ Styles leading into SummerSlam, by the way. Uh, which Main roster be, feud. Which would be amazing. But – you know, and we've seen it for those who have never watched TNA before. If you've not seen the Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels feud, you are missing one of the best three man feuds in all of professional wrestling. Completely brutal. Um, but this match, I think, is going to be excellent. Um, I just figure that Joe's going to get the win. It's his time. He's paid his dues for so long. People didn't think that Samoa Joe would ever make it to the WWE. And uh, it's time for them to put a belt around his waist and let that man rock. Let he's, him do what he do. He's he's my, he's always been. One of my favorite wrestlers, and I just I need to see him win. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. That's the NXT card. Now we got to go to Mania, though. Jesus Christ, there's 11 matches. 11 uh, matches. Um, we'll make this one quicker yeah. at the top end. Kalisto Ryback, I have Ryback winning. I do, too. I, I think if, if Ryback doesn't, like, everybody's like the little man versus big man match. But I'm saying if, if you build Ryback up for all this time to be this monster heel and he doesn't beat the shit out of Kalisto, you just wasted your time. So I think Ryback's going to take this title and they're going to try to give him another push and they're going to reset him again. Kalisto just hasn't gotten over the way that you expected that he would have as a mass wrestler. Like, even when he tried to lose a chance, the fans are just like, dude, whatever. Yeah, it's not like, working. Get back to the tag team. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they're building Ryback up, not necessarily to give him a push, but they need more people that are believable heels to give all this indie talent a push. Exactly. So who is AJ Styles going to go against? Like, what's the next heel? There's no one. Right. Because Sami Zayn's going to be in with Kevin Owens. So what does he do? League of Nations feud? Rusev you kind of bought down? So now they're trying to reestablish heels 
so all of these guys who are over and coming from the indies because even if you want someone to come from the indies and be a heel it's super hard because the crowds respect their catalog so now you need these guys the anti-indies that like we see in nxt with baron corbin exactly we have the same thing in ryback an anti-indie someone built by the wwe who can be a corporate type guy going against an indie wrestler so I see Ryback winning that. Uh, Total Divas versus Bad and Blonde. God, one of the matches I just truly don't care about, but I believe that Eva Marie is going to cost the Total Divas, and Team Bad and Blonde is going to win this match. Yes, because Eva Marie can't wrestle at all. Um, I am going to say Total Divas win, only because I've heard Brie Bella is announcing her retirement on Monday, and I think she goes out with a yes chant, and she gets the pin. I think she does the running knee to win, and I think you know she does it on Lana because Lana is not a wrestler. You're not really going to hurt her by having her take a pin, and that's how we're going to see it end. So I, I think this is the farewell match for Brie Bella to stand out. Well, Lana's not even in the match. Well, yes, she is. She but is. What is she going to do? Just five on uh, five. That's you're right. She's Damn just going to take the knee. That's it. You're right. You're right. Uh, okay, who cares? Let's move on. Uh, Usos versus Dudley Boys. Someone's going through a table. That's all I know. Well, I, I, I can't for the life of me can't figure out why this is not a tables match. But, yeah, um, I'm just going to go with the Dudleys here. Uh, you're going to need a tag team that's going to need some fire in them. Um, and with the New Day as faces now, uh, they need a rivalry. So this, this may be what happens here. The Usos have kind of ran their course at this point. I hate to say it, but uh, they need a character change. Something needs to change with the Usos. So I'm picking the Dudleys. I'm picking the Dudleys as well. I think the tables come back. I think we see Bubba Ray snap back into that trance and power bomb someone through a table and like we'll get the 3D through the other table. And I think it leads to whether it's a tables match or a TLC match, I think they still want the Usos versus the Dudleys versus the New Day. And, and I think we see that coming up. Uh, whether you know they drag it out to Money in the Bank or SummerSlam, I don't know. But I think these three teams are still going to carry on together. So, uh, But I had the Dudleys win in this. Then we have, let's see, Charlotte, Becky Lynch. No, no, no. Let's, let's not go there yet. Let's go to Andre. Oh, sorry. Andre Giant, Andre Giant <laughs> Battle Royal. This thing's out of order on my list. Uh, Andre Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, I have Strowman winning it. Okay, so here's the funny thing, because I have Strowman winning it too until I looked at it. The Wyatt family are not involved in this match as of oh, right now. really? Really. How many? There's like eight people in this match then? Who right the now, the, match? The, the list is Heath Slater, Curtis Axel, Adam Rose, Bo Dallas, Big Show, Kane, Tyler Breeze, Goldust, R-Truth, Darren Young, Mark Henry, Connor Victor, Jack Swagger, Fandango, and Damian Sandow. Yo, there no isn't enough I, I want no one to win. Yeah, there is enough room for the Wyatts to enter this match and win, and if that happens, Braun Strowman should win. Um, if Bray Wyatt can't wrestle, which this is unbelievable that the Wyatts have nothing to do with WrestleMania. Not but, on um, anything. They're doing a run-in, though. Bray's doing a run-in to set up uh, a feud. He's something has somewhere. to happen. I wouldn't Either- mind Bray versus AJ Styles. Yeah, I mean, that could happen. I'm just tired of seeing Bray lose, but... Uh, yeah, it, it is the giant battle royal. Yeah, exactly. Braun Strowman is not in this match, and even and he sucks. By the way, like I can't. Strowman, winning, he's not the yes. greatest. Him winning, <laughs> I would be like, so what? It's not really going to do anything. But it makes sense for him to win to be a giant, a big guy, a threat. You got to make this guy a threat. But any other anybody else win this match? I don't care. If Kane wins and he retires, okay, I can deal with that. But anybody else, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, Mark Henry could win and retire unless they want to do it like that, just a moment before retirement and. 
I, I don't know. This is always a good spot for an NXT guy to run in. Uh, Tommy did it last year. So we never know who we're going to see. It'd be cool for Samoa Joe to win the title and then pop up and be in the Andre Giant Memorial. No, I don't want him in this. I don't want anybody in NXT touching this battle royal this year because the talent is trash. Leave him out because I, I don't want anybody from NXT to come in and lose. Him, Apollo Crews. They're going to give someone a moment. Some, well, someone's going to get the moment. Let it be Elias Sampson. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want And get see. eliminated in two seconds. Yeah, um, exactly. We have, what's next then? New Day League of Nations? Well, we can start there. Uh, the three on four handicap match. Um, I Le- think I think New Day actually gets a fourth surprise who? guy. I don't know who it is yet. Uh, I, I don't think it's Cena. Um, no, it's it's so up in the air right now. But if any one of the guys who aren't in it can come back, I, I think that's where they go. They go with the New Day. Mm, well, I don't know. A you lot know, of people have said The Rock. Yeah, and I, and I kind of like it's it's amazing how little has been said about The Rock's involvement in WrestleMania thus far. Uh, there were places that we that seemed like it would have made sense, but I don't want to see him be involved in this. Uh, well, for the record, I'm picking New Day to win. However, if the League of Nations were booked properly, mm-hmm. this match could have been been a lot better, and the League of Nations could have had some heat under them. But they have no fire right now. New Day's just they're they're on fire as baby faces, um, and they should take the match. I agree. New Day's winning it, uh, regardless if they have a fourth or not. They this entire build is to make New Day the face, and they're the face of the tag team division. Of any type of team or, I, I, I guess, trio or whatever you want. Yeah, Anything true. like that in the WWE right now, the New Day is on top. Now, if you have the New Day versus the Wyatts going forward, because now the Wyatts are down to three, that might be something moving forward. I, I don't know, but the New Day's faces is happening, and they have to take the win. Yep. Um, so we go from there. Now we go back up to where I was before, thank you very much, with Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and Sasha Banks. Um, I'm going to actually pick Becky Lynch, and I'm going to have a Ooh, I theory. I love that pick. I have a theory why. Sasha's had her moment as NXT champion. Charlotte has been the, the Divas turned women's champion. Becky hasn't had her time in the light yet. And, and Becky Lynch has quietly been putting together some great work on the roster. She's so, an amazing wrestler. Sasha's going to get her turn, whether it be at SummerSlam or somewhere else. Charlotte's a great heel. Um, But I think this may be Becky Lynch's moment to shine, finally. And and she's done such a great job on the main roster, and she's been underrated for so long and never got a chance at gold in NXT. I'm going to go with Becky Lynch winning this match, pinning Charlotte, not Sasha Banks, to start a few with Sasha one-on-one. Okay, I'm going with Sasha winning just because Snoop is getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. I think he's going to be part of her entrance. He is. I think, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, I, I think it's just going to be that, that type of match and that night. Maybe Snoop comes and holds her hand up and they hold the belt up in the middle of the ring. It's going to be her WrestleMania moment. Everything's built for Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. But I do like what you said. It, if I was guessing with my heart and predicting with my heart, I'd say Becky Lynch wins. And then on Monday Night Raw, Sasha wins. And yeah, that's it, how you debut the women's championship. And you give Becky Lynch the, the McFoley one night thank you belt. And she wins for one night. And then Sasha comes the next day. And like you said, she pinned Charlotte. And then Sasha's like, you know what? I didn't lose. You owe me a title shot right away. And then Sasha beats Becky on Monday and breaks out the new title. That'd be great. Just give Becky that moment, that shine, that thank you for being the underrated horsewoman. Um, but I don't see it happening. Everything's built for Sasha, so. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Like I think there's there's always a way to keep Sasha strong in this. So and if she doesn't take the pinfall and Ric Flair gets involved and cause and somehow 
fudges this whole thing up and Becky gets a roll-up win or something crazy, I'm all for that. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Next, uh, next one, AJ Styles, Chris Jericho. No way Jericho goes over AJ Styles win this match. It, it, and I, hopefully it'll be a great match. They got a lot of time, so hopefully it'll be a great match. Definitely. Uh, AJ Styles wins it. I just want to see him win it with the Styles Clash. I don't want to see the phenomenal forearm. I don't want to see the calf crusher is what it's being called, I guess. Um, PG. Uh, so I don't want to see that. I want to see the Styles Clash. I want to see him use it. I want to see Chris Jericho not kick out of it. Yeah, I just hope that AJ can get him up. Chris is kind of big um, compared to AJ. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, yeah, no ways that, that Jericho goes over. Uh, so what we got next? Next match, we have Ambrose versus Lesnar. No, uh, uh, no, no. Those are the main events. Let's do, let's do the latter match. Did I not? Oh, I didn't. I skipped no. over KO. Um, KO, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, Zack Ryder, Sin Cara, The Miz, and Stardust. Who Kevin Owens and friends. <laughs> it's KO Mania. Um, I'm picking Kevin Owens. Uh, he's the champ. To ignite this feud with Sami Zayn, he needs to retain the title. Uh, Sami Zayn will have a great spot. Everybody else will be cannon fodder. And Kevin Owens will come away with his title because everybody hates him. And they need to put a fire under Kevin Owens because he's that damn good. And that Sami Zayn feud just needs to start. Uh, I agree. I have nothing to add to that. I agree completely. That, that's what's going <laughs> to happen. That's what needs to happen. If that doesn't happen, the WWE is clueless and worse off than we thought. Absolutely. Uh, now, let's go um, back up to Ambrose Lesnar. Yep. Uh, I have Lesnar. But Ambrose is going to make taking a beating look really good. And it's going to be fun. And it's going to be one hell of a match. And I think it's half of it's going to be battled literally on the streets. Like, outside of the stadium or through the stadium, there's a, that kind of clear walkway people can stand in and see mm -hmm. players come out. I think Lesnar's throwing him through that glass. There's going to be moment after moment after moment of Ambrose just taking an ass whooping and getting up and loving it. Uh, if you watched any of Ambrose's indie stuff, like way before um, Ohio Valley and all that craziness they had to go through in FSW, before then he was known for those blood and gore matches. He was like Mick Foley. He was like Terry Funk. I mean, they brought in two perfect per people. He bled and didn't care and had thumbtacks and he did those matches. He'll do it again. He doesn't care. And he'll make taking an ass whooping look really great. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've, said, I've gone back and forth on this a lot, um, but I've stuck to my guns with, with Brock Lesnar winning this match and, um, ha and having Dean Ambrose have his Stone Cold moment against Bret Hart um, where, you know, he just simply cannot continue. That's not to say that I don't think there's a way that Dean Ambrose wins this match and, and Brock Lesnar still looks strong. In a match like this where there's a freaking chainsaw involved, you know, it's, ex <laughs> it's excusable if Lesnar loses. Um, but either way it goes, no matter how this match ends, it is absolutely 100% guaranteed that Ambrose is getting the rocket strapped to his back and, getting his, and going after that title after WrestleMania. Yeah, it has to be him versus Reigns. And then Seth, whenever he's ready, is just going to do a run-in. Whatever pay-per-view. If, if it's the next one, the one after, they're setting up the triple threat for SummerSlam. It, it's coming. Um, but, but yeah, I think that, that, that Dean Ambrose is going to literally throw the kitchen sink at Brock Lesnar. It's going to be brutal. But Lesnar's going to come out with that win and with that bewildered look on his face. He's going to give Dean Ambrose disrespect, and he's going to disappear into SummerSlam. He's going to do what Brock Lesnar always does, and Dean will make a run at the title. Perfect for me. Uh, we have Triple H versus Roman Reigns, because I'm not calling this the main event. <laughs> so we have the co-main. All right. Um, so there, I have a couple of theories here. 
And they all are tied to the, the Shane McMahon Undertaker match. Okay. If, are they all tied to Roman Reigns being a heel? Yes. Okay. If Shane McMahon beats the Undertaker with the help of Vince McMahon, Vince, they will also help Roman Reigns beat Triple H to form a newer authority. Okay. Th- this is in because this is the only way I can see this happening. Vince and Roman Reigns some have to align themselves. Well, they're going to be corporate. They're yes. going to be the corporation again. That's what they were called, right? Attitude some right? some trickery. Yeah. Where Vince, you know, like Shane says, he's always got something over Vince, and they have to get rid of Stephanie and Triple H. And in order to do that, they have to set up the Undertaker to take the fall, and Vince and Shane are united again, huge heel turn, and get behind Roman Reigns to win the title. That, that's the only this, – this is the way I see this happening. How, otherwise, Undertaker should win this match. The, I, I, like, Undertaker should win this match. It shouldn't be his last match. We're predicting Triple H, Roman Reigns. You got ahead of yourself. Ah, you're, I got ahead of myself. There's no way Triple H wins this match. No. <laughs> Roman's leaving with the title. However, I would love to see Triple H wins, win this match, but it just doesn't make any sense in progression of the storyline. If Roman Reigns remains a face and Triple H wins – that means that the, the WWE is going to put that strap back on Roman Reigns at the next pay-per-view. And that just doesn't make any sense. No, All you Roman- might as well do it at yeah. Mania. All um, roads lead to Roman Reigns becoming heel, and he'll win this title. I have Roman winning the title as well. I like your idea. If Roman goes full heel and aligns with Vince McMahon, which I think he's going to do, I think Vince will come out like uh, he's going to help Triple H and then screw Triple H. Stephanie will look there, stand there with a look of shock on her face because she does that quite well. And Roman Reigns will win. And I think Vince and Roman go off and, and start whatever they start, and regardless of what happens in the Shane match, which we'll get to that in a second. Because I think you can do, you know, Triple H and Shane and Stephanie going against their father. And all three of them team up together against their father. But Triple H and Vince, I think, is going to be the major storyline. So Shane can fade away. And I think they're going to play up that it's my company now and you want to take it role, and I think it's the perfect time for Triple H to be a babyface because he is right. in NXT. Yep. You're right. You're so absolutely. it's the perfect switch, and it's going to be Triple H's guys versus Vince's guy. And we're going to have Kevin Owens versus whoever, I don't know, League of Nations guy Vince likes, you know, or a non-indie guy. And then you're going to have um, Ryback, Versus AJ Styles, indie versus not indie, and I think that's going to be the dynamic moving forward over the summer. I think that's also how we get the Balor Club into the main roster. Triple Eight says, "I'm bringing my guys in. This is my company, and we're getting you the hell out of here, Vince." And he brings in the Balor Club. Yeah, so I mean, so I, I think it all sets up perfectly, and I think if they want to do a brand split, they can do it that way. Uh, I don't think they'll do a brand split, but I, it's going to be a split, and the line's going to be Triple H's guys versus Vince's. Whose side are you on? We'll see. We'll see about that. All right, so let's talk about the uh, what main we event, put, yes. which should be the main event. Um, Taker, Shane McMahon. Oh. Shane's going to win, in my opinion. Someone's going to help him, whether that's Vince, whether that's John Cena setting oh. up WrestleMania 33, which I had as a prediction. Uh, I don't know who's going to help Shane, but someone's going to help Shane. Shane's going to go from the top of Hell in a Cell through a table, whether Undertaker throws him off or he does a flying elbow onto Taker. And Taker's going to whoop his ass outside of that, and someone's going to run in and, and save him, and that's going to be it. Yeah. Uh, like, like I said, I've given my theory. I think 
it would be, be an incredible turn of events if, if Vince and Shane are in cahoots against Undertaker to get him out of there. Um, otherwise, there's a way this match could be incredibly booked like Triple H and Sting last year where we just get to see everybody because we're in Texas and we haven't mentioned that Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, we still don't know where the rock factors into all of this. Like there, there's opportunities for numerous people to run into these last two matches. Just and like get a involved. gauntlet for Undertaker. Like he's just gonna start facing everyone he's faced in the past. Well, and not and just even taking this, people out. You know, like in the main event, you know, Shawn Michaels can get involved in the Triple H Roman Reigns, and The Rock can be there to protect Roman Reigns. The Roman Reigns turns The Rock, and there's so many things that you can do here. I just figure that if if you're not gonna align Shane with with Vince on some screwy shit. You're going to go ahead and overbook the match with a ton of people so we can just pop throughout the match because we know it's going to be brutal. We know it's going to be savage. But how long can the savagery go? Because these guys are going to need a breather at some point, especially The Undertaker. So, you know, you see somebody run in for for Shane or whoever. Um, But, you know, again, this this is the hardest match to pick because I really don't know. Like, this will change the direction of where wrestling goes for the WWE for at least the next three to six months. I have and that's no how idea. it's supposed to be. Yeah. And even though the card itself on paper doesn't look great, there's so many wild cards that can happen. That's why I'm still geeked about WrestleMania. Because yeah. it's not all on the card. It's like, does John Cena show up? Does he not? Do we get an NXT call-up? Like Finn Balor, do we not? Do they say that for Monday? Uh, does Shane win and take the company? What does that mean? There's so many different dynamics between the two main events, Roman Reigns, Triple H, Shane, Taker. They're both intertwined. And it can go in so many different directions that it makes predictions, you know, super tough. But it's not clear cut this year. At least we get that. We all know, I think we all know Roman Reigns is winning, but we don't know how. And we don't know the direction, so we're all going to pop right? in some way. So that, that's why I love Mania. And uh, those are our predictions. So we're here. It's going to be a great weekend in Dallas. Once again, if you guys are out there, hit us up. Tweet us. Uh, I'm at Kel Dansby. Yes, me, Andres Hale. And you could tweet the show at the corner LSN. We're going to be all over Dallas. We'll be tweeting what we're doing. You'll see us at all the shows. It's going to be a fun, fun weekend. Can't wait to see you guys out there. Uh, and thanks for joining us for one year of episodes. 52 yeah. weeks I've had to talk to Andres. It's some yes. wild shit. 52 deal, weeks. Deal with it. Deal with it. And, uh, <laughs> so we'll be back next week. But until then, if you guys are in Dallas, come find us. Yep. We're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.